0: We're all bounded together. We're, we're doing a great work in the world. I mean, our work, the way our mission in the world, in fact, um, one way to think of, um, to characterize this problem of being in the box is to have what we call an inward mindset. You get very self-focused, mm-hmm. right? Self-worried and closed off from others. The solution to that is to figure out how to burst out of that through what we call an outward mindset. And our mission is really to turn the world outward.
1: We're all about turning a crappy situation into something positive. A quarter million dollars of credit card debt. I still
0: debt. remember the day when no one turned it up, throw it in the garbage and start from I scratch. could give myself a chance. So I started something. I mean, I think that counts as from poop to gold.
1: <laughs> our sponsor for this episode is our 14-day video script challenge. Yes, yes we are sponsoring our own show. Yes, we are. <laughs> Welcome back to From Poop to Gold. I'm your
2: co-host Benton Crane. Today I am joined by Jim Farrell. Managing Partner of the Arbinger Institute. Welcome to the show, Jim. It's great
0: being here. Thanks, Ben.
2: Now the Arbinger Institute has had a pretty big impact on our organization, Harmon Brothers, because they are the author of the book Leadership and Self-Deception. And at Harmon Brothers Leadership and Self-Deception is mandatory reading. That's fantastic. Every employee who comes here reads Leadership and Self-Deception because it lays a foundation for how to interact one with another Mm. that allows us to have really hard conversations, but do it in such a way that we're not offending each Mm. other. We're not, uh, I mean the title self-deception, we're, we're trying to have those conversations in a frame of mind where we're not self-deceived. Right. (laughs) Um, but I'm going to turn it over to you, Jim. Give us the, uh, give us the, you know, elevator pitch of what Arbinger is mm. and tell us a little bit about that. And then we're going to dive into your backstory. And
0: find okay. Out your awesome. journey. So look, I'll tell you what Arbinger is in the context of this book. Sure. So, um, uh, there's this issue, uh, that's existed. Well, since the beginning of time, I suppose, but over the last century and a half or so, it's been labeled as this is what's known as the problem of self-deception or yep. the paradox of self-deception. And Arbinger came out of the scholarly work that was that figured out what is self-deception, how does it happen, how do you explain it, and then what do you do about it. And if you um, if you think just sort of colloquially about what what the problem of self-deception is, it's really a two-part problem. It's the um, it's the problem of not knowing and resisting the possibility that I have a problem, right? It's more than just not knowing. Because if I, if you and I are working together, for example, Benton, and you realize, man, Jim's got, a, he's got issues. <laughs> he's got a real problem. Well, if the problem I have is just that I don't know I have a problem, then the solution is you just tell me. But of course, when you tell me, typically what happens is I push back and you resist, defenses, right? right? Yeah. Build a wall. Yeah. And that's the resist solution part of it. And so it turns out although although arberger's work is the solution to that problem it's a scholarly work in its foundations in its history it we be, we become a company of of really some real impact in the world really because this issue the the, the problem of self-deception it's everywhere i mean when wherever you gather people you'll have people, I mean, all of us, I mean, myself included, we all get ourselves in this place. We call, we use that metaphor of the box Mm -hmm. for what it's like to be in this problem of self-deception. We get cut off from others. We close ourselves off. We we're blaming everything outside and all of that. And, and so you just find that everywhere. And, and what we find in our work is you can't really get traction to, uh, to solve the problems you're dealing with. That's right. Unless people who are in the middle of helping to cause those open themselves up to the possibility that they might be causing them, at least to some degree, right? So so we help organizations to crack that and to and to then build, lay on solutions above it. Now, in with your audience here, a lot of creative uh, folks and whatnot, this is a really big deal because one of the aspects of this box of self-deception is that we get self-concerned, right? We yep. get very self-focused and we end up objectifying people blaming. They become objects of our blame. And that's a really lousy place from which to be creative, right? I mean, cause your best ideas, I mean, you know, they get drawn out of you when you're actually seeing people, you're seeing the real issues and the real possibilities. And so, so for the whole creative project, getting locked in this box is just, it's just a downer. It's, it, it kills you. And, and so I think our work, and maybe you found that here in your place here, it it unlocks people's ability to actually connect and get better ideas. Yeah.
2: For us, it's, you know, it, our audience is is pretty familiar with our creative process where, Mm -hmm. you know, these ads that that we develop and the scripts behind them and the concepts behind them, they're very, very collaborative, collaborative, creative processes. And, and what we found is that if, you know, if I am in this in-the-box type mindset yeah. where I'm self-deceived and I'm thinking that um, that I'm not the problem, everyone else is the problem, mm-hmm. then when I go into the creative process, I tend to be kind of defensive. Mm. And, and when I see other people trying to poke holes in my ideas, mm, yeah, normally that's an opportunity to strengthen the idea right. and, and to further develop it. But if I'm in the box... <laughs> Instead, I'm getting defensive. Yeah, it's say, a personal attack. Yeah. Well, you
0: think I'm smart? You don't think I, 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 I'm creative? I have don't have an imagination? Right. Yeah, yeah. quit
2: attacking my ideas? Yeah. I can have a good idea once right. in a while. Like back off.
0: Yeah. But the reality is. Yeah. All of that pushback? That's healthy. Absolutely. That's if, how you arrive at something that's actually fantastic. It, everyone collaboratively helping. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Now, um, before we dive into your backstory though,
2: Jim, Mm -hmm. tell us where does the name Arbinger come
0: from? So Arbinger, you know the word Harbinger, like a harbinger of things to come? Okay. It's that word without the H. Okay. Yeah, it's just a, yeah. Um, And and so I think really, and this speaks, uh, I think it speaks both to our content, what our work is in the world. And and to the people who were involved in it, Um, our founder, who was a philosopher um, uh, named Terry Warner. Terry, I mean, he could have named the organization he was founding after himself, but he Uh didn't. He, he called it Arbinger. And, and so it's really, in our view, it's that our work isn't even about ourselves. It's sort of, it's like the creative process. Our work is to help, is, it's, a, it's a path to something that people need to, cre- need to discover for themselves. So it's a forerunner to creativity, for example, to the results you want to do. It unlocks the possibilities. So I really love it as a name. It's kind of a cool word anyway, but I love it for its meaning because it's kind of humble in its way. It's saying, look, don't focus on us. Don't even focus on our ideas per se. let them be catalysts that get you out of the places where you're stuck so you can do the work you know you need to be doing in the world whether it's creative mm-hmm. work that you're up to or whether you know we, we have you know we work all over the world we have offices in 30 countries now and and so working with you know the largest corporations in the world, governments all around the world, I mean how do you help those folks um, get after their missions and their objectives you know more collaboratively more yep. successfully and it's it's equally true there as it is in the creative process. Yeah.
2: Now, w- one thing I find unique is that, you know, the book doesn't have your name on it. Yeah. Instead, it has by the Arbinger Institute. Right, yeah. Uh, it, it is, it, what was the thinking behind not putting your name on the book Yeah, well, authored?
0: that's true of all. And here's our latest book here, The Outward Mindset, just out in second edition, same thing. I mean, this was a decision we made. I think it speaks to, it actually speaks to our ideas um, um, as well. Uh, the, our, our view is this, that... That we don't want anyone to be focused on personalities. And we don't, we want to save our organization from ourselves too, from from, from the foibles of ego. I mean, uh-huh. it's everyone's working hard. So someone writes a book or different people write books or whatever. Why are those folks getting all kinds of attention? And other everyone else who's not writing, who's not writing and working just as hard, they're not. I mean, so in our view, it's um we're all bounded together. We're we're doing a great work in the world. I mean, our work, the way our mission in the world, in fact, would take it from leadership and self to our latest book, the outward mindset. Um, one way to think of, um, to characterize this problem of being in the box is to have what we call an inward mindset. You get very self-focused, mm-hmm. right? Self-worried and closed off from others. The solution to that is to figure out how to burst out of that through what we call an outward mindset. And our mission is really to turn the world outward. Right. That's what we're about. So in the creative space, turn, create the people in the creative space outward, outside of themselves. Right. Um, and then in organizational space turn turn the world outward in communities turn communities outward um interculturally in the world i mean there are all kinds of divisions right and strife in the world and at the heart of it all is this problem of the box this problem of whatever problems we have we're sure it's other people's fault that's right and and helping people to overcome that and actually re-engage with each other i mean that's our work yeah so we we think that um we think that keeping the ideas front and center is more helpful to that mission than putting people, ourselves, um, and building egos. That just gets in the way. Got it.
2: Okay. Let's shift gears. Yep. Let's go into your backstory. Okay. What has your poop to gold journey been? We we (laughs) know that You're a successful person, and every successful person has had their poop-to-gold moments, right? You've overcome some pretty serious stuff. So tell us a little bit about your journey to get where you're at today.
0: Yeah, so um, that's an interesting question, Benton, when you put it that way. Um, It's interesting in the nature of our work at Arbinger because... What we're trying to do is awaken people. Well, one of the things we're trying to do is awaken people to where they might be mistaken, where they might be helping to create trouble that they haven't been aware that they are. It's this um,
2: idea of I'm self-deceived, but I don't know I'm Exactly. And you're trying to spark something yeah. inside of me to, to ask
0: myself, wait. Yeah. Am I self No, that's exactly right. And and the key for me, I think this is the biggest, at least in the context of, the, of my work, um, the biggest thing is that has to apply first to me. You know, um, I mean, I can write about these things. I can speak about these things really first and foremost because I'm in the box a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of experience with it. So I, I've learned how to recognize it. And um, and all of us at Arbinger, when we're working with all of our clients, it's the same thing. I mean, we partly what we do is um, we... Um, we tell stories on ourselves. In fact, I'll tell you. I'll tell you an interesting story. So I was before I was doing this. I was a lawyer. I was at a, one of the big law firms in the world, mm-hmm. and and um, and I got reconnected to my mentor, who was the founder of, of Arbinger. A few of his former students he reconnected with, and we all left our careers, which uh, by the and way, he's, he's also one
2: of Daniel. So my partner Daniel Harmon, uh-huh. um, Terry Warner is also one of his mentors. Oh, is he's that
0: a, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. Similar story then. So so I was when I was still practicing law and I came and spent a week with Terry and a few other people just kind of getting deeper into the ideas. And I'd, I'd studied them for over a decade at that point. But, but at one point, Terry, yeah, I think it was maybe on lunch one day, he puts his arm around me. He says, hey, Jim, he says, you're just sick enough to be here. <laughs> That's what he said. Which was his way of saying, yeah, you know, you've got this problem too, don't you? And and so the trick is um, learning how to talk about it. And in fact, so when I when I decided, yeah, I'm leaving the law and this is what I'm going to do, and I asked him, I said, so Terry, what, what what should I do to prepare for this? And he said, well, one one thing. Now, I thought if it's going to be one thing, it's going to be a, like a very sort of long one thing. So I get out my pen, I'm ready to take notes. And he said, um, what you need to do is ponder your life. That's what you need to do. That's really concrete. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that meant, I mean, turn over all the rocks in your life. You know, um, question every story you've been telling yourself. Um, get get more truthful about yourself, so that so that you can be a catalyst in the world that that that's helpful for other people being able to do the same things. Because if I if I'm just really good at blaming other people. Uh, then and I'm, and I'm working with groups and what I'm fundamentally doing is blaming others. That's what I'm going to be teaching everyone else to do. I won't be aware that that's what I am, but that's mm-hmm. what they'll get. Uh, they're going to, they're going to get, who I'm being, and if who I'm being is running from responsibility, then I'm going to invite them to run too. So, so we're about, I mean, very much our work, um, awakens people starting with ourselves to what we're up to, what we have been up to and, and taking much higher levels of accountability to, you know, show up differently with each other, you know, apologize where we need to, uh, become more helpful where we've been getting in the way. Um, you know, all of that. Now, what was that jump? in your career? Like, was that a scary jump from to, the law? You,
2: yeah. To go from successful career
0: in law to, yeah. Hey, I'm totally shifting. Gears. You know, it's funny because on the surface, it should be terrifying. Um, I mean, terrifying. Cause I mean, it was just right. Everything's set up in front mm-hmm. of you. You see, but, but I guess it's terrifying in two directions. Um, a legal practice. Look, a lot of people really thrive in it and love it. And other people get in and go, Do I want to do this for all of my life. And I want to read and
2: write contracts? Yeah, just exactly. every day.
0: So that, and I was kind of like that. I, I, I'd come home after work every night and, you know, work really hard and everything, you have to. But I, I, I couldn't shake this feeling that, that what I was doing was fungible. I mean, if I wasn't sitting at that desk doing what I did that day, someone would have been, yeah, and it would have we're. been about as good. I mean, I, in terms of difference in the world, it, I don't think it would have made a measurable difference. There was something that just kept, to me, it was like, no. You know, I don't want, there's got to be something more than that inside of you. Yeah, there was. And, and I, this is, you know, working this work is what I would have wanted to do anyway, even coming out of my undergraduate times. There just wasn't an opportunity then, unless you're going to be a professor of philosophy, which I almost went and did because the, the ideas themselves are so fascinating. Um, But I didn't do that. Ultimately, I went to law school, which had been my plan. So when this opportunity came up, when when Terry and I started talking and he talked with some of his other former students, I mean, really, for me, it was a no brainer. I mean, it it was my passion. It was absolutely. Now, now, having said that at the time, I mean, Arbinger was an amazing idea Uh, and with with with. with intellectual property that, in my view, is unrivaled in the world, but there weren't clients, mm-hmm. right? so it's kind of like we lived for a couple of years out of savings accounts yeah. and faith. You That's know? not easy. No, it's not. I mean, it was yeah, it's not easy. What was that but like we, for your family? Well, it was harder for my wife for sure. I mean, we we moved up from San Diego on mm-hmm. January first, so we're leaving what seventy degree weather yep. driving yep. into a snowstorm. We're, um, here, we're here in Utah it, it, where it's freezing, freezing. in January, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and yeah, and we had a an amazing life there, uh, great friend. I mean, everything about it was pretty ideal. So, so, uh, so I think it was really hard for her. For me, I, there, those aspects were difficult, but I was plugging into what felt like my mission, you know, my personal sort of what I should be about. And that part so was this exciting, is
2: lighting a fire, inside oh,
0: absolutely. No question, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, what, what about for your kids? How, how old were your kids at the time? So, our, our,
0: yeah, so our oldest at the time was two. I mean, this is a okay. long time ago, yeah, <laughs> yep. so, um two years old. So he, you know, he didn't know any better. Um, yeah. So,
2: so the biggest impact was on your wife for sure. You're taking her from this nice, stable, warm community yeah. in San Diego and saying, let's go move in a work. secure Free career and, cool. yep. and all of that. Yeah. Let, let's take this risk. We're going to be living out of savings. Yeah. Let's tighten. Doesn't our that bow. sound great?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And our parents, I think were scratching their heads a little bit, but they could tell, no, actually I think they could, I think everyone around us could tell that yeah, this is right you know this is a good thing for them to be doing yep. and one way or another it's going to work and that's what we all of us the you know the early ones at Arbinger we all knew this was going to work because there was nothing like it in the world we yep. just had to figure out how to talk about it more helpfully couldn't we couldn't talk about it philosophically really anymore we had to figure out how do you get really practical with people um and we've gotten over the years, just better and better and better at doing that. In fact, leadership and self-deception is a funny story because it came out originally in 2000. We just felt like we needed to have a book. And so we thought, well, what the heck, let's try a book. Mm-hmm. And uh, and our and our publisher loved the book. But of course, a couple weird things about it. I mean, first of all, we were completely unknown at the time. Yep. Second of all, Who publishes as an organization? I mean, that just and it's a bit ironic, given our 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 work is so much about connecting with people as people, and here it's written by some impersonal kind of organization. So it had those two, uh, what you might think is at least on the at the front end, strikes against the success of it. But this book, it's something about it. Yeah, maybe it's happened in your company as well it just caught fire so I, I think their first print run was like 6 thousand copies, which is kind of a dipping a toe in the water as a publisher like yeah we like it but uh, you know we need a we need an exit ramp right you know
2: right um, which but, by the way aren't you up to like two point5 yeah million two and a half
0: million we're we're probably getting close to three million now on this yeah. now so so yeah, I mean it was within a month they were going to a second printing I mean just it, it struck a. It chord connects. And I think it can I mean the ideas are arresting. I mean they just are. Uh, it, this one's also written as a story and I think that I yeah, think that people it, recognize themselves in the story. I don't know if it yeah, you have yeah, experience. It, right? It's an easy
2: read. Yeah. You know, if um it it if you are reading it on a road trip as an audio book, I think yeah. it's it's what three and a half, four hours or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. And yeah. it, because it's written as a story, it, it's a narrative that, right, that just keeps keeps you moving forward as it's teaching you these really important principles right. that, at least for us, have been foundational to you know to mm. our creative culture and our, mm. our creative processes. That's so,
0: fantastic. Love hearing. Um,
2: that. Okay, so so one more question about this uh, about this backstory. So you guys have moved up to Utah you're about to embark on this journey of living off of savings for, yeah. for a couple of years before yeah. this you know kind of takes off and becomes profitable was there any moment along that path <laughs> where you know the money's running thin <laughs> um, the success hasn't quite kicked in yet yeah. where where you're just sitting here going what next like would
1: absolutely did, did, did... I
2: can point you to a, a
0: specific moment okay, let's so, go there so we had this there was a really large company that had put out a, an RFP a request for proposal and a whole bunch of uh companies in our general industry sort of they put so, in their so proposal
2: for proposal meaning they want to hire somebody somebody so they want a yep.
0: bunch of companies to throw in their own proposals and response and yep. so so we did now look we were total unknown at that point completely unknown um and the only reason we'd been invited is someone who was a former student had studied these ideas somehow had gotten the word in that hey this is an organization maybe that should be given a chance as well
2: so someone knows someone yeah,
0: someone knew someone so and, we put and, in our our, our and, proposal and
2: if you guys win this proposal i imagine this is a pretty big deal it's for life-changing
0: this is a huge deal okay so we put everything all of our own creative juices in it and um and we 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 put everything we had and it was august when we finished i can't remember what day in august but it was in august and, and, and was we, this was this a several week process? Several oh, this was a several process. month process. Okay. Got it. So and you've been putting months of work in trying to win this oh, contract. Oh yes. Got and it. So, and so no. Well, well, at this point, just to write the initial proposal. I mean, on the other side of that, there's still work to do because yep. they narrow it down to a final three and yep. etc. So uh, so we put all this work in. We put this in. I can't remember back then. I mean, was it was it FedEx? Was it UPS? I don't know how we sent it. Sure. But it was by some kind of mail. Yeah. We put that in the and then we looked at each other and said well, what do we do now? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do? Because they're no really, they're no clients. What do we do? And so one of, one of my partners said, well, let's go swimming. <laughs> so we did we, actually his house. He had a swimming pool in the back. And so we just, I mean, it was noon. We just went swimming. I mean, at that, and it was, now it was a funny time because on the one hand you might think, man, you guys are in dire straits. The world doesn't know who you are yet. No one knows about your ideas. You've got, you've got, um, you put massive hopes into this, on this really thin little possibility that out of all of these companies, many of whom are super well-known, that you're going to get this. And you've put, you've you've channeled months of your time into just building that up. And yet I'm telling you, there was no despair in the swim. I mean, it was, it was, it was. Peaceful. It was a great time. I mean, we were happy. We were excited because we've all. We just. We just knew the world didn't know it yet. But the ideas are just too helpful. They're too strong, for it not to go.
2: So did you guys win the contract? We won the contract.
0: So we, got, so we got the word back that we made it to the final three. Funny story on this one. So um, the other two, if I were, I'm not going to tell you the names of the companies, but if I were, you'd know them both. Almost everyone on this podcast would know both companies. Okay. And then us, no one had heard of at this point. So we learned later that the HR uh, director of this company had told the committee making the decision, I don't care which of these three you choose, so, you, so long you don't choose that Arbinger, because, because <laughs> when this thing doesn't work... I don't want to be blamed for choosing the organization that, and for them to say, what what were you thinking? You chose people. No one knows. Uh, And so we, we heard about that later. um, But we go in and, in fact, so beforehand, so you have these three. You have each of these three companies had two hours to present in front of this group of say fifteen decision makers or so. And it was a massive culture change initiative for this company, and um, and we were second up. And in the green room, um, there was nervousness right in us because I mean, look, this is where you know, there's not much in your wallet, much less your bank account. And you're thinking, man, we could really use this contract.
2: This is make or break.
0: But you notice what's happening there is we're all we're worrying about ourselves, which is the antithesis of what we're about. So we're about to go in there and, and give a presentation on an outward mindset. And we're in the green room with an inward mindset. Yep. <laughs> right. And that won't work. And one of one of um, one of my partners, he said, look, guys, we're we're worried right now. We're anxious right now. And we know what that is. So he said, look, let's w- look. A couple things, he said. First of all, we don't know if we're going to get this contract. That's not our decision. Okay? So why worry about that? He said, instead, what if we just focus for the next two hours? Our only job is for the next two hours to be as helpful as we can be to these, this group of 15 people as we can be for the next two. That's the only thing. That's our job. whether there's a contract or not, who knows, but we can be as helpful as we can be for two hours. So So just control what you can control. Exactly. And notice, notice the focus. It was a focus on them. Mm -hmm. That's always what brings out the best. And people can sense when you're focused on yourself, they might not be able to totally put their finger on it, but it, it infects everything. So that comment really reoriented us i mean it reoriented us to our own work which tells us yeah that's exactly right and that gave us grounding and some tools with which to to pull that off so we went in there for the next two hours just as helpfully as we could go in to this group and we ended up getting it that's awesome and when that hr leader heard that we were awarded he just he was so mad, but he later became one of our facilitators. So I, uh, he he oh yeah, he ended up loving the work when he saw what it actually does, that it actually works. Um, but yeah, those were, I le- I look back at that and that was a really lean time, but I'm telling you, my memory though, isn't of it being lean. I mean, that's not my emotional memory of it. Those were exciting days. Yep. I mean, the whole future was ahead of us. We didn't know what it would look like yet, um, but we had a lot of confidence. It was going to be good. That's awesome. Um, where can our
2: listeners follow you and follow Arbinger?
0: So, yeah, so I mean Arbinger.com is a great place to start. Um uh, A-R-B-I-N-G-E-R.com. All kinds of resources there that people can access, including a whole bunch of videos they can watch. We've got amazing video capability in our organization. One of the things, in fact, I would recommend uh to folks, we um we just launched every year we have what's called the Arbinger Summit, where we have people from all over the world, clients, and others come in. And this year we launched what we call uh, the Turn the World Outward Awards. And so every year, so we've awarded the first set this year, the next set will be awarded next June. There's an individual, there's also an organization, and there's a community, so three separate awards for turning the world outward. And and we produce videos about all of these folks and what they're doing in the world. They're really amazing. So, so you can access them through arbinger.com. You can also go to turntheworldoutward.org okay. and you can they and people can watch those videos, see the recipients from last year and also nominate. I mean, nominate people. Uh, for, for this year and for years upcoming, people you know, organizations that you know are really doing amazing work in the world. Um, so yeah, I mean those, those are a couple places there. And then of course, the books, I mean leadership and self-deception. This was the first one, uh, the yeah, sequel the old to the, version, this right? is the old version. Yeah. Um, the sequel to this is called the anatomy of peace, which is a fantastic book. It, it actually picks up on the story. It's connected okay. to the story of this one. It actually goes back in time, but it's a, a sequel in content, but it's a prequel. We sort of went star Wars on that one. <laughs> it's a prequel, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, and, and, uh, and that one's really about that one's more a sort of personal application. Uh, personal life, but it crosses over to organizational life as well. Leadership and self-deception is really set sort of as organizational application, but as you know, it crosses over into personal life, yeah. right? And then then The Outward Mindset is the latest one, um, which is uh, which is really a super helpful book about, so what do you do about this now? I mean, Leadership and Self-Deception and The Anatomy of Peace are really, in my estimation, fantastic wake-you-up books. Like, oh my word, <laughs> I had a problem I didn't know I had. Yep. I, I was pretty sure other people had it, uh, but I'm not sure I did <laughs> Right, uh, but it's all those other. It's people. all those other people. They all need to read this book. Uh, so, but uh, but this one uh, outward mindset's really great about. Okay, so now I'm I'm I've been awakened. Uh, maybe I've got some problems I didn't know I had, and this really helps you know what do you do about Put it. Put it into practice. Yes. Yep.
2: Got it. Awesome. Um, Anything coming down the pipeline for you guys that you'd like to give a little uh, sneak peek or a little
0: plug? Well, we are growing at such a pace; it's crazy. Uh, one of the exciting things as a company, we're building a new headquarters building. We'll be in next uh, early summer, so that's a big project. It's catalyzing the whole organization. Uh, we've also a, a, a move we've just made. We we have a we have partner organizations around the world who utilize our work, but we've moved directly into Europe as well. We have an office, a direct our own direct office, not through Licensee network but in Germany, servicing Mm -hmm. all of Europe. And so, I mean, it's really, um, it's, it's an interesting time for us because in our work around mindset, people are becoming more and more aware that mindsets an important really an important issue like a massively important issue and and we just came on the scene kind of at the perfect time for that and and we're, we've just we're seeing more and more in the world as, as one of the world leaders in that entire space so all of those things have converged to kind of I mean it's light a fire under what's happening with it where it's really exciting times so we're always developing we're always innovating we never want to get stale uh, and we want to always stay connected to the people we're working with because that's when you discover that whatever solutions you're bringing to the table right now aren't good enough yet because right? you'll come up with to one that's like okay how are we going to help you crack this one and that you know what it's like the creative process yep. the, the stuff you understood stand or thought you've understood now explodes into whole new applications so that's always ongoing it's exciting that's amazing
2: well jim we so appreciate your time Pleasure. thank
0: you for coming Fantastic on the show being with you. thank
2: you for tuning in to from poop to gold I'm Benton Crane, your co-host. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe, and we'll see you on the next one. As entrepreneurs and small businesses, we all kind of reach that point where we know we've created something awesome, and we want to share it with the world, right? Mm -hmm. And it's that very next step that can oftentimes be really intimidating or really scary, or you just don't know where to go next, right? And the beautiful thing about this 14-day script challenge is you get your hand held from, okay, you have this cool product, now let's go research and find the exact way to present it and message it to the world in a way that resonates and gets people excited and they're ready to swipe their credit card and purchase. And in the 14-day script challenge, you get the opportunity to go through that
1: step-by-step with our writers who have done it dozens and dozens of times. You actually watch us go through each of the steps ourselves and create it with a real client, a real product, and um, it's a real campaign that's out there that's been very successful. That's right. And the feedback
2: that we've had on this thing has just been phenomenal. I mean, we get comment after comment and emails flowing
1: in from people all over the world who have just Uh, raved about the impact that this has had on their business. People tell us over and over again, it is just a huge value punch for the investment for this 14-day script challenge and, and really gave them the tool set they needed to walk through it and make it happen. And we've had dozens of students
2: who have successfully taken the challenge, written their script, launched their ad
1: campaigns, and driven success for their business. It's pretty amazing. For more information, go to hbros.co script. That's hbros.co slash script.